evening, everyone, and welcome to our regular council meeting, Town of Beach. Um, I'd like to call me to order, and the first item is the agenda. Uh, I need a motion camera from council to go in camera after the comments from the gallery about the land issue. If I have a motion to effect, Councilor Lundberg, Councilor Horner, discussion. All in favor, opposed. Then the agenda as amended. Any other changes required? Then the agenda is um, by consent adopted. Uh, we have the minutes of April 9th, April 10th, and April 16th council meetings. Were there any errors or omissions other than on page 31? And I'll let um, Healy or uh, Ms. Gould or Ms. Swenson speak for that. Um, yes, so there was two changes to the, uh, the minutes from the April 16th meeting. Um, one of them was an incorrect name or address, sorry, for... Um, Can't hear you. Is that better? No. no. It's the incorrect address. Somebody's not from... One of the gentlemen who spoke is not from Truman Road, it's from Truman, on Evil Crest. The name is not recorded properly. So where's the other one? And the second one was um, for the Noxious Weeds bylaw. The um, order of the motions was mixed up on the minutes, so it's been mixed that way. Yeah, it's, it says in the, in the minutes, it was for a third reading, it's actually adopted. So those are the minutes. Uh, any other errors or omissions? Then those minutes are approved by consent. Public hearing, and you know how the drill goes, I have to tell you a little bit about it. This public hearing is convened pursuant to section 464 of the Local Government Act to allow the public to make representations to the um, Council uh, respecting matter containing proposed bylaw, and the first one will deal with Rye Road, and that's uh, bylaw 580-1999, amendment 577, Rye Road, bylaw 580-98-2018. And this, uh, what I'm saying, applies to both public hearings. At this public hearing, the public will be allowed to make a representation to council and all persons present who believe that their interest in properties affected by the proposed bylaw will be given an opportunity to be heard or to present a written submission. Those who wish to speak, if you would come to the microphone, state your name and address, and whether you speak for yourself, for an organization, or for a business, please identify that. And after, um, Council may wish to ask questions. However, following our your presentation for clarification purposes, Council can ask questions. However, it's a main function at this time to hear the views of the public. So after the public hearing, Council can give whatever effect it wishes to the, to the readings. This is uh, the list of people who want to speak. Uh, is this for um, right road or for the other one? Okay. So, um, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Sales to introduce the first one. Your motion. I'm declaring a conflict of interest on this one because of a, a close family friendship with one of the applicants. Mr. Sales. Yes, thank you, Mayor Westbrook. The owner of 577 Rye Road has submitted an application to the town to permit three single-family dwellings on a parcel that currently has one single-family house. If, if approved, there would be one single-family dwelling on each of the three parcels. Now, two of those parcels, lot A and B, would also have the potential for a carriage house because they're slightly larger. The subject property is currently zoned residential 14 and is identified as mixed residential 1 in the official community plan. The zoning amendment would change the zoning from residential 14 to small lot residential 1. 
which it does permit one single family dwelling on each parcel, as well as a carriage house or secondary suite. This rezoning application has been before council a number of times, and this is a revised version with a reduced number of dwelling units in total. Thank you, Mayor Westbrook. Thank you. So is there anyone here tonight who would like to speak to this particular bar? That's the first time. I'm going to have to ask it three times. Is there anyone who wishes to, be, to speak or present a written submission? And for third and final time, is there anyone here who wishes to speak or present a written submission? Um, seeing no further submissions, uh, we're going to call the public hearing closed on this particular item. The next one is the Town of Falk Beach Official Community Plan. 580 2018. Mr. Sims. Yes, thank you, Mayor Westbrook. Since June 2016, the town has been in the process to update the official community plan. Oh, sorry, I, I need to come in to call Ms. Kalkowski back. Sorry about that. Since June 2016, the town has been in the process to update its official community plan, the long term vision for the town. This LCP review has focused on meaningful public engagement consistent with the Community Engagement Goal and Council Strategic Plan. This process has included six, six phases, five of which are now complete. First, there's a discussion about identifying the scope of the OCP review to determine what it was that the public wanted to talk about. Second, a public engagement plan was developed to... Excuse me. If you're going to have a conversation, would you go out in the hallway, please? Thank you. The second phase was developing a public engagement plan to, to make sure that the town did adequately address the items that the public wanted to address through this process. The third was the quality of life survey, which was a comprehensive survey sent to every household in town. And this OCP review for the first time, uh, people living outside the town were also given the opportunity to participate. After that phase, there was public engagement on key topics that the public had identified earlier in the process, so we went through an intensive consultation process last fall. And after that, there was a, an additional step to verify those public engagement results. So we had a meeting here at the Civic Center, and the results of that public engagement were presented back to the public with an opportunity to give feedback on whether or not we had accurately captured the comments from the public. And so now, at this point, we're in the phase of drafting the OCP. Um, council has given direction on many policy issues since that um, public engagement feedback that we did last fall. So, so whenever there was a policy decision to be made, it was presented to council. And over the course of five committee of the whole meetings, those recommendations were vetted one by one, and, and council gave policy direction on each one of those. So at this point, we're in in the public hearing phase. So this is the last opportunity for public input as a part of this process. Thank you, Mayor Westbrook. Thank you, Mr. Sales. So I have a speaker's list. If you'd like to be on the list, what I will do, I'll call the first name, and then I'll tell who is second, and so on. Um, although not first, but who is the freeman of the town, is Mr. Arskipsi, Mayor Arskipsi. You have the first shot at the microphone. Uh, 
wanted to talk to me. So I was pleased when a new CEO was hired and asked uh, to take over a, a term and I asked to take him on a tour to explain how and why Fallen Beach grew as it is as it is today. Under the uh, new administration, I had witnessed what I consider the most irresponsible actions by a group with a narrow and short-sighted vision who have resented the fact that I helped draw the first community plan, have served in the RDN, worked at one time uh, at Osborne, and was also, also being chair of the regional waste management uh, uh, department in Europe to study their systems. As an example of this friction, is illustrated when, after reading the Berber's uh, new OCP, I asked for a copy to be given to the library, which they did. However, in the newspaper, and uh, it's not easy to say there was a, uh, it was it was not easy to say there was a copy there, but repeated uh, access on the line which missed the target group, seniors who either not have uh, computers or are not like to be comfortable sitting at a time uh, scrolling on a screen. And uh, I find that uh, a small request to uh, ask the copy to be put down there and then not let anyone know it's there because the uh, office hours in the town are all about uh, uh, how many hours a day? Seven, six hours a day. And at the museum, uh, they can take it overnight or have it for any length of time that they want. And so they missed the target group. Uh, tourism has been the most valuable source of income for Kuala Beach. The uh, town has not done anything to welcome people, um, and if they are parking overnight along the beach, they will have a sticker on the windshield saying, you're not allowed to park here, which is not very, not very welcoming. There was a su suggestion that the beachfront be designated as a park in order to have better controls. I disagree with this. Uh, Vancouver, I was listening to the radio there, and uh, they have a seawall, and they were repairing it, and somebody said, well, why don't you just put a form in blue and, uh, and pour concrete in? And they said, no, we want to sit. We want to preserve the historical value uh, of this and, uh, and, and show it by uh, um, keeping it to the, to the old, old standards. Now, So anxious, and uh, this half 
half a kilometer of land along the waterfront. And I think that's where the developer should go. I was very familiar with the one which makes the shell branch. And I think there are six suites in there. And I would say that there's an opportunity to put about six more suites along there. Only thing is the town needs to specify the spacing of it because the developer he probably like to put wall to wall down there. And, uh, and that would add probably uh, six of them. It would add another uh, up to a thousand people that could be there. Now, my real concern comes um, regarding uh, Block 10. Now, I, last council meeting I went to, the woman said that uh, there was uh, levels of pollution on the beach, and I wasn't aware of that. But it confirms my position is that the intake of the water should be moved above the railway bridge. Because if you're pumping out a thousand gallons a minute, you could, at a high tide, have a back uh, flush of pollution from the beach. Now, uh, in the community plan, they weren't going to develop that. But when we came to town, the, it was a mixture of uh, ages. And it, at uh, uh, 700 R, R, uh, RVs down there, there'd be a section where young families can live. And there's a section where seniors can live. There can be a large activity center in there and uh, at that size they could have the old bus to take people up time to work they usually start early in the morning and um, it would restore our balance as, as to the um, the uh, the uh, what the, the mixes in town as it is now you have to be wealthy. And uh, I was at a, uh, one event recently where the woman there who has a house down by um, uh, Las Vegas, short of Las Vegas, and she wanted to have here a good movie theater to go to. And, uh, and it, to me, it was a personification of exactly what's happened to Colum Beach. It is now someplace where you have to have money. And uh, there's no obligation to give anything back to the community. Councilor Mishkichi, would you wrap it up, please? Because we agreed maybe the first five minutes, and if you want to speak more, to go back to the rotation. Uh, OK. I can let, let it go with that. I'll come back to it because the real one that gets me is the museum. The museum, 
uh, people like uh, Harry Large, and uh, uh, we went to Port Verde and bought that building there, came back and cleaned all the bricks, and had to redo the steelwork on it because the building was two, was three feet too high for our building regulations. Only to have a town build a building 16 feet over the legal limits of buildings in town. I can come back and go on to more. Yeah. I appreciate that. We'll take it a second time around. Um, top of the list is uh, Mr. DeWitt. Thank you. Uh, I did fill out the sheets and the bar you're supposed to do one, two, three, if you want to talk three times. And although I'm first on the list, I don't necessarily wish to be first on the list, but I don't mind to uh, share uh, my thoughts. Um, I, uh, I struggled a fair amount in uh, making a presentation here today. Um, mainly because I don't seem to have understood very well what the results of the OCP objective was, and that was I thought that they were very much interested in housing, innovative housing, town patio homes, and making land available within walking distance of town. And somehow, when I read the final draft of the OCP, I, I, I don't see any reflection of that unless something's changed. So um, maybe someone from council or who could address as to how did, how we, or have I not seen it, how we've been able to address that 69% of the response of the quality of life survey, which is 1,300 people, wishing to have land available for innovative housing within walking distance of town, uh, where that has been provided for in this OCP. At this point, it appears to me that there's only six lots on the extreme west of town and airport land, and now it's my understanding that the town municipal yard is considered for redevelopment. But there's nothing that addresses that particular desire. Maybe we could start with that. I would appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. As I said, we're here to, to listen. When when we have uh, our debate on third reading, we'll be responding and maybe asking staff some questions about this. Uh, the next one is Trish. Oh, right? Where's Trish? There you go. For the record, if you state your name and address, please. Um, hi, my name is Trish Moroto. I live at 675 Qualicum Road on ALR. Um, I'm here. I would like to say that I think that both uh, Mr. Skipsey and, and Twitesy had some very valid points to bring up. Um, I also have concerns and some confusion over what the point of the OCP is, and that's what I'd like to speak to today. My primary concern is that when I hear the term and when I participated in, in, the, um, in the surveys, that I thought this was going to be a guiding document. This was going to be the visionary statement that would lead Qualicum Beach over the next 5, 10, 15, 25, 50 years. 
However, what I'm really concerned about is that before us is not a, um, a it's a, not a descriptive document, not a visionary document, but in fact it's a prescriptive document. So what you have before us is a set of rules that is going to, um, rather than create opportunities where people want to engage and envision themselves being placed upon this, you've got um, rules confining people in, boxing what's going to happen, and I think that's really going to show up a sell call come short in the long term. Um, something like the OCP, I can see it as being um, like a graph, where you've got your, your axis, your x and your y axis, and we're starting here at, at zero. We've got stuff behind us that we can look at and grow from, and the OCP is the visioning statement. And what that does is when you come along and you, you go through growth and you grow through change and you're going to have, you might end up over here and then you're going to end up over there closer to the y-axis and then you might go backwards. But ultimately you're, you're using them as your final navigation point of we're aiming for this. And the OCP document, if it's a descriptive document, would allow for what is the spirit and intent of the bylaws that are coming before you? What is the spirit and intent of the developments that are coming before us? And are they within what we decided um, all those years ago as where we want Qualicum to go to. Um, and, and if there's conflict between those two items, then you can go back and say, well, is the OCP the one that needs to be now revised? Or is it in fact the bylaw or the development that is in conflict and, and needs to come back and be revised? And we're losing that opportunity by having a set of rules placed before us. Um, it's creating conflict, it's locking people out of how they may wish to engage with the document, um, and it, it makes it much more onerous for people who may want to invest here. As I spoke to at the last meeting as well, I think that we have also missed the interface with business. We've missed how do we want to engage business? How do we want to engage tourism here, which is going to be Qualicum Beach's number one renewable resource. Right? We want people who may not be able to afford to fly overseas to go to beautiful beaches to be able to afford to come to Qualicum Beach. Right now, we have only um, very limited uh, options for people. I don't know if we've got a hostel in town to bring youth in. Um, Art spoke about having the opportunity to bring people in who uh, may not be able to afford for really nice housing, but we need people to work in the tourism industry. We need to embrace and open opportunity for those cyclical people, the woofers that come through to farms, um, the transit workers who want to work on the peak seasons that can help with that ebb and flow and they, they move on. It works very effectively. I've lived in tourism towns. Um, I, my family is from tourism towns. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've lived in the big city. This is where I've come. I think that's really important to understand that I gave up having a very lucrative and successful career in Calgary. I've broken up my family where my husband has to commute to come here, hoping that we will be able to come back together to, to raise our family together here. Currently, there's very limited opportunities for us to do that. Okay, but we believed enough in Qualicum Beach and the lifestyle that it affords my family, my three little boys, my parents live here, I've had uncles that lived here, I've uh, this is where I've always come for all of my vacations, and I've traveled all over the world, and this is where I want to be. And I think that with the OCP, I think it is a very large mistake putting this document through as a, as a prescriptive document. I think there's beautiful things in here, but it needs to be brought back to us as a descriptive document that would allow for that vision to go on. That's my five minutes, so thank you very much. Next, and I'm, I may not be pronouncing this properly, but I think it says Julia Morel. Good evening. I'm Julia Morel, and I live at 771 Chart Westport. 
in uh, Chartlow, Qualicum. I want to address the, the topic of the airport lands that is um, identified in the official community plan. Um, by way of background, these lands and the airport are part of a vibrant neighborhood. The lands and the airport are not out there somewhere else in La La Land. This area is adjacent to Chartwell, especially the area um, north of Sunrise, um, the area of Rupert Road. There's a lot of feeder uh, streets and residential areas that come off of that. And there's an area north of um, Rupert Road as well. So it is part of a neighborhood community, the airport and the airport lands. And I have never, ever heard of the airport lands being described in this way. And this upsets me. Um, basically, what I wanted to say is, in all the correspondence I've ever looked at, in terms of development of the airport lands, it has been light industrial use. There are many of us that have talked to the council and have made submissions to the planning department about our concerns. In your um, official community plan, um, I'll read it to you, it's um, 3.3 visionary principles, especially 3.1, 3.3, and 0.1, complete compact community land use. You're talking in there about directed comments to the council for use of the airport lands, and we, the areas aforementioned, are all within walking distance of this area. And I think that's really important for you to understand. We are part of the airport community. We feel that our voice is not being heard. We, um, as a group, are not in favor of light industrial development. We do not want to see what is on the highway in Parksville, where there's motorcycle shops and all those kinds of things, which are going to bring heavier traffic and more traffic up Bennett Road and up Rupert. What we would like to see is a, a development that encompasses some commercial use, by that I mean maybe daycares, maybe a business community. We'd like to see a small shopping area. We'd like to be able to go and have a cup of coffee at a, at a small restaurant. So I'd like to present that to you on behalf of the group of people that I'm involved with. Um, and I don't speak for the Chocolate Residents Association, but I am a part of that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next is um, Joyce. Damon, and after Joyce is Tim Pritchard. Good evening. Joyce Damon, 1203 Pentel Drive, and I am speaking on behalf of the Eagle Crest Residents Association. Are you listening? There seems to be little evidence in the OCP draft that you, the council, have been listening to your public, specifically the residents of Eagle Crest as represented by RERA. We've been very involved in this OCP process by attending all the public meetings, the discussion groups, nominating a board member to serve on the steering committee, and making both verbal and written presentations throughout. There are 760 households in Eagle Crest representing over 17% of all households in Qualica Beach. But we, along with other communities that share our concerns, feel ignored. Our number one concern is that the draft OCP is very inflexible and not able to adapt to change. There's little difference in the OCP from 2011 
uh, and that OCP seems to be considered cast in stone. We strongly feel that it is a tool that should be used to guide, and I've heard that word before tonight, guide the future of this town and not tie the hands of future councils. It feels to us as if this two-year process has mainly been a waste of time and resources. It's late in the process, but still timely to again request some common sense items. Housing was a top priority throughout this process and there are many references to affordable and or re rental housing. This is nothing new. Housing was the focus of the last OCP and the current council's strategic plan. Despite all the noise, we see little, little to address this issue. A housing task force is suggested, but the land to, has to be available for anything to happen on that front. Council, council has turned down projects because they're not in the right place. A prime example being the co-op housing project. It's not clear at all how a housing task force will help other than creating more delay and expense. The urban containment boundary should confirm to the town boundary and enable our council to plan and control what is happening in Falcon Beach. This would allow the town to seize and or explore opportunities which could benefit everybody. Within the urban containment boundary, zoning can be used to control and guide wise land use. The fourth item, flexibility must be built in so that opportunities can be evaluated on a case-by-case -case basis. Five, there's much in the way of infrastructure in this town that we cannot see, but by golly, it gets our attention when it fails. This must be addressed in the OCP. Would it be wise to uh, provide housing at the airport even closer to the airplane noise? Would there not be more appropriate areas? Again, more flexibility and open-mindedness is needed. West Falcon Beach, we have no clarity on the vision for that area. Number eight, the age-friendly transportation plan has identified needs such as a roundabout for Village Way and Highway 19A. Projects such as these must be addressed as planned. Number nine, on April 16th at the council meeting, three parks or green spaces, which were part of the 2011 OCP, were removed. As one was in close proximity to Eagle Crest, we are concerned that we were not consulted in that process and request an explanation. Again, is planning for the future happening at all? Missing from this OCP is attention to regional considerations. The stinky sewage treatment plant, which is almost on Eagle Crest and Chartwell's border. What about the long-term future of the Highway 19A corridor, which is right on our doorstep and runs right along the full length of the community? One of the best things to come out of this OCP is the plan to revitalize the East Village. And yet we didn't hear a lot about this during the process. We dare say most residents, including those of us in Eagle Crest, do not want aggressive development in our town, but we do want to sensibly plan for future growth and opportunities. We want to encourage agricultural lands to be used for growing crops, but most of the ALR land is the site of large estate homes. 
Selected consideration should be given to ALR lands within easy walking distance to the village core. We would support removing land from the ALR where the benefits meet the needs stated in the town's vision. Again, each case should be considered on, on to meet on its own merit. Our main requests are simple. Flexibility and the extension of the urban containment boundary to be in line with the town boundary. You ask for our input, but we feel that you are not listening. Thank you. Okay. Um, could you cover this? It's going to change up here, but this light is kind of. Okay. Could you cover that, please? And Richard is next. Tim Pritchard, 663 Windward Way. This OCP has definitely been a long journey, particularly for some of us. It's actually 18 months to the day that the OCP Review Steering Committee held its first meeting back on November 7, 2016 when 11 bright faces gathered with Luke and Rebecca and Councillor Skipsey as council liaison to ponder what needed to be addressed and how this might best be done. How time flies. I'm not going to bore you by indicating all the twists and turns that this little journey has taken, but take my word for it, there's been quite a few. And along the ways, our numbers dwindled, and fighting frustration has been an acquired skill. But now what we have before us is virtually a final document. And the question remains, does this fully address the future needs of the community and the views of its citizens? As a committee member who attended nearly all meetings, as well as most large public meetings, many weekly discussion groups, several separate small sessions, I have a range of views and still many unanswered questions. So others that have are not alone. And being philosophical about where we are, my feeling is that the OCP essentially sets the table for the next six plus years until 2023-24, when a further review will be conducted. So this is essentially a roadmap for a new council that everyone here and many more will elect in October to deal with. So this begs the question, where will this roadmap lead us? And will it fully address what needs to be done? Is it enough? Is it flexible? Does it fully address the needs of the community? These are all good questions which I'll leave for some of you to decide. The committee's role through the terms of reference was to assist staff to provide recommendations in relation to the scope of the review. 
developing the public engagement process, assessing the effectiveness, then incorporating the assumptions and values in the draft documents. So a reasonable question might be, did it work? Maybe that's a question for another day. Now within a few weeks, the document in front of us will be official. Then the focus will shift to the real task of implementation. And if I'm up for a second round, I'd like to talk briefly about the implementation aspects of this OCP. Thank you. Thank you. Next is uh, Jay Smith. Thank you. Thank you very much for it. I've been at uh, 587 Spruce Street. Uh, I must admit, at this point, I'm somewhat confused. I've been at hundreds of meetings and seen hundreds of agendas. This is one of the more confusing agendas I've ever seen. So I'm not sure where we are on the agenda. And the issue I want to address in general, which is 577 Rye Street development, whether I'm permitted to speak at this time or is that opportunity been foreclosed. So where are we on the agenda? We are on the agenda, we're on the Town Hall Beach OCP, Fishmanity Plan number two. So we're on the OCP at this particular point. Pardon? We're on the OCP yes. at this particular point. Okay. The, the, uh, the public hearing regarding Rye Road, we already went through that. Thank you. Um, Robert Filmer. I'm not that tall. Okay. Robert Filmer, 501 Giant Prison. I want to start a little differently. Yeah. How many of you read this book, Walton Beach, A History by Brad Wiley? And I want to share with you a piece that stood out to me, which is the dedication. This book is dedicated to the people of Qualicum Beach who have maintained its charm while adjusting to its inevitable growth. Now, let's go back in history, 1920, when General Noel Money finally decided to settle here. Do you think this is what he envisioned? No, absolutely not. He saw a place to grow, a place to grow for everyone retirees, working class, families, and young adults. Why do I think this? Well, I recently had tea with Helen Eggerson, who I'm sure you all know. Helen was 105 and moved here the same time as General Marley. She enlightened me on his visions and what he would tell her when she cut his hair. This official community plan, this unglued council, is not what General Money or any of our forefathers wanted. Mr. Mayor, you are the only one who should know this because in your last mayor campaign, you said, and I quote, about a century ago, our forefathers recognized the natural beauty of Baldwin Beach. They volunteered their time, energy, talent, and resources to create a special community. Their goal was to ensure always that Fallen Beach be a unique residential community. I'm going to stop there, but let me back up a minute. A unique residential community. What does that mean to you? No families? No growth? How can we have a unique community when our businesses can't survive? 
when our fire department can't respond because they don't have the personnel. Do I hear go on? I am in favor of growth. I'm not in favor of taking large swatches of land out of our agricultural land reserve to build million dollar homes, and I'm not in favor of telling families and low-income residents that they have to live in coons. That's not fair. Can I give you some insight on what you do as a council from my perspective? Okay, public hearing comes up. You all make up your mind on how you're going to vote, but you come to the table and you say, here's the problem, here's the thing, but let's go around the room. It's too late for us. If you've already made up your mind, you are no longer listening to the people. The only reason why you're going around the room is because you have to. This council is also extremely good at lip service. You can say you want something, but if there's no action, then it's just lip service. Nobody believes you. No bylaw or document is going to change us. We have to change us. It's about time we raised up. Our forefathers built Baldwin Beach and set us on a direction for medical growth. Let's not let them down. Thank you. Uh, next is Lois Eaton. My name is Lois Eaton. I live at 591 Tamarack Drive, Hawkeye Beach. Good evening, Councillor and Mayor. I would like to acknowledge that Qualicum Beach is within the traditional territory of the Qualicum First Nations. I also gratefully acknowledge all the citizens who volunteered to work in the development of the OCP. It was a big job, and it took hours and hours of your time. Your gift of time is a gift to all of us here in Qualicum Beach. Thank you. The OCP is a citizen-constructed document, and it occurred over, I thought it was two years, Tim. Thank you for correcting me, a year and a half. Extraordinary numbers of hours of citizens were given. There were opportunities for councillors' feedback on several occasions. Excuse me. Since it was delivered, since it was delivered, and during the process, it now seems that the council wants to make fundamental changes to the plan because it's only a guideline. I feel such an action may undermine future citizen support of council endeavors and the volunteering for actions that will ultimately be ignored. It also may guarantee a change at election time. What is the purpose of this evening's meeting? I wonder if the purpose of tonight's meeting is just to check off one of the items on a list preparatory to deciding how you want the community plan to be. Or hopefully, you are holding this meeting to truly listen to and understand the views of your citizens regarding it. This question is not rhetoric, and nor is it meant to be demeaning. I have participated in these meetings where most citizens express one view with logical presentations and opinions, yet the decision of the majority of the council members was the opposite of those expressed. I have heard a councillor explain that 200 people coming out to express their views does not represent the thousands of people who live in Pollocken Beach. I have also heard more than one councillor explain that after being elected, they have the freedom, nay, even the responsibility to vote as they wish as the election gave them the job to make decisions, and that's what they're doing. 
Thus, I did feel compelled to review the critical democratic aspect of citizen and consular relations so that we all understand democracy is created by those who show up to vote and their involvement in participating in the governance of the community. Unless the citizen views expressed are lacking factual basis or are contrary to the safety of the community, elected officials need to listen carefully to all the logic and views presented. Now my views on the OCP, it's a lengthy document, and it's challenging to read, concurrently creating an understanding of the individual elements and how they integrate with each other. So my request is quite simple. Three-story Amazon buildings. This was overwhelmingly request by citizens at previous meetings and yet ignored, even though it was in the previous OCP. Keeping this request and honoring it are paramount to the culture and the ambience of our town, our golden age. Yes, it is obliquely in the document, so my next request is the following. In places where the OCP has wiggle room, such as building heights, I ask the council to be extremely cautious in exercising their wiggle room. It must always be enacted for the good of all citizen interests, current, near future, and long-term future. Those interests include environmental, social, financial, as well as architectural. An overwhelming majority of our citizens wanted to keep garbage services within the town, but it was overruled due to what appeared to me to be questionable financial figures, which were used to support three elected representatives making the decision they did. I do hope our voices are not in a vacuum this evening. Thank you for this opportunity to express my thoughts. I love this town, and I hope its vitality, which I believe is partly formed through citizen involvement, remains intact. I don't know if there's other sheets with names out there. Some matters to do with um, 
planning um, process in Falcon Beach. I'm fairly conversant with the OCP, and I have been, um, like the previous speaker, Lois, um, a regular participant in the process. Uh, the process has been absolutely grueling. My respect to all of the members of the community that have regularly participated, and my respect goes out also to council and staff, where I've seen them exhibit extraordinary um, patience in hearing extended public feedback. Um, with that, I will say, after immersing myself in review of the new OCP, I was suddenly struck with an impression that being hijacked by housing. We all know that the theme of housing and development played a huge role in much of the public dialogue that went into the new OCP. And the OCP now includes a number of laudable additions that address this subject. The very great downfall of this OCP, in my view, is in its treatment of matters pertaining to climate change, sustainability, greenhouse gas emissions, and energy consumption. Despite the role that our sustainability plan played in the 2011 OCP, this time around the sustainability plan was left untouched, completely ignored. This leaves this new OCP with a huge deficit as numerous references in our sustainability plan are out of date and require significant revision to be aligned with current national and provincial government policy. Qualcomm Beach is signatory to DC's Climate Action Charter and as per the sustainability plan, our town's climate emissions reduction targets are referenced and defined. These targets are, by the way, finite. That is applicable irrespective of growth. Addressing greenhouse gas emissions is one of the seven areas of policy that an OCP is required to address under provincial legislation. The sustainability plan is the part of our OCP that specifically connects local town policy with global impacts, the big picture. A number of my specific recommendations that I have included reflect my view that this OCP is very weak regarding its address of climate change related policies. This represents not only a deficit in terms of what is expected of our town under the terms of the Climate Action Charter, but it appears as somewhat of an abrogation of the leading role that the town of Quality Beach formerly aspired to in terms of sustainability, policy, and practice. Specific recommendations, in the very beginning, under general policies, the town should include a policy that specifically commits to an ongoing, ongoing basis with regard to climate change impacts. In the policy section, general policies, at the very beginning of the document, pages two, three, I'm very uncomfortable with the words in relation to OCP process. The following words, future OCP reviews will be implemented in a different way. There's a lot of verbiage in there and references to the extensive process that has gone into the current OCP and references to a full OCP review, but then there is this very short six or seven line sentence. This policy that, that, that in fact, that future OCPs will be implemented in a different way. I'm not sure where this came from. The 
policy suggests that full OCP reviews may take place, but some other kind of OCP review, not yet defined by and for the public, will take place. I don't believe there's public support for this policy. It's currently worded. Pages 2-12, Village Neighborhood General Policies. There's a reference to permeable paving. This policy has been in the current OCP. It's been ignored. It's not been applied to developments that have come before the town. My recommendation to the town should require, in fact, I would say the town shall require that new developments in the village neighborhood submit a stormwater management plan as part of the development approval and permitting process. Further along, um, there is a section where there are numerous policy categories. These are pages 218 to 219. And there is a reference to a district energy system, which is to be um, investigated um, and pursued by the town. If, in fact, a district energy system warrants inclusion, then surely there should be a policy on renewable energy systems. Along the lines of the town shall encourage all new development within the village neighborhood to be built as PV ready or to include PV photovoltaic components and other suitable renewable energy sources. Such measures are consistent with the net zero energy ready objectives of the BC STEP code and Canada's climate change objectives. The tree and the vegetation bylaw and policies. 3.14. I strongly suggest that the wording in this policy makes it clear that these bylaws and policies will apply to public and private properties. Under the airport area plan, 3.118, there is a reference to the working forest. I would recommend that in conjunction with this, it be stated that work forest land as a working forest and educational resource focused on forest management and climate change impacts. There are two elements on our planet that basically mitigate climate change. They are oceans and forests, green matter. Forests eat carbon. It's a major um, educational opportunity for our community to focus on the forest in that fashion. Under sustainable food strategy, I strongly suggest the addition of um, that there would be included a reference that the sustainable food strategy shall recommend measures that support residential scale food production and home kitchen gardens. This has been omitted and there was a lot of support during the public process for this feature. In section three, under inflammation, there are 30 inflammation strategies identified in the OCP. So my attitude is, while we're on a roll, why not add a few more? So I would recommend um, a policy, a study, wildfire management study. The town has nothing in the OCP that suggests this should be a concern. I disagree. Also, where's the EV-ready strategy? We hear that there's going to be major transformations in terms of um, shifting from fossil fuel-based trans transportation to electric vehicles. On that, I know all kinds of people 
that either have electric vehicles or are planning on purchasing, we need a strategy. Also, net zero water. I noticed the report on how we're doing vis-a-vis -vis our sustainability objectives that is on the agenda for council notes that in fact the town is actually falling behind in terms of water policy strategies. So net zero water in fact looks at um, water use and consumption in a much more holistic fashion. Mr. Sonnenfeld, do you want to finish your second and third rounds? I notice you're on for three more yeah. sessions. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, Mayor Westbrook, I have some summary comments relating to the sustainability plan and I will lose, leave those for another opportunity should I have it. Thank you for your attention. Thank you. Uh, the only, only person on both of the lists that hasn't have spoken is Hani Johnson.
a lot of things that um, people want for this town. Um, they want families to come in, they want more people working in this town, but they also have to um, make sure that what brings people here will still be here. Um, if they overdevelop, that it's going to become a busy city like White Rock or even how crazy Fort Langley, um, cities like that have fought to keep them quiet. Um, and it's what brings families here um, because they feel safe. And if you bring more um, rental housing and things like that, you also bring more crime. Um, and I think that um, there's ways to do it safely and to encourage proper um, families to come here. Um, and I think that there's also should be protection for people that live here for escapes, and those things should be considered. Um, and sustainability, um, the backyard gardens, I think are really important and that should be encouraged. Um, there's a lot of things that I think this town is really um, special for and I hope that people preserve that um, moving forward. Thank you. Uh, before I go on the list of second and third times, are the people in the gallery haven't spoken yet? And I see Jean coming up. And then Kevin. <laughs> My name is Dean Dreger. I reside at 545 Nanzel Road. I'm just going to read an email I sent to council and staff today. Dear Mr. Mayor and esteemed members of council, this email sent on May 7, 2018 is to officially request that my property located at 545 Nanzel Road be considered for rezoning to allow for a cluster of four to six additional one and or two bedroom rental homes. My 2.025 hectare property is not in the agricultural land reserve and is located within close proximity to the village core, distance still to be measured. <clears throat> My concept is to build four or six rental homes that would meet or surpass the soon-to-be-adopted BC Building Code Step Code 2 requirement or Energuide 82. These homes would feature classic craftsman design elements and as such they would be rural, rural in nature. And as this is where my wife and I reside, the final layout would, be, uh, would need to improve the overall beauty of this already lovely property and not detract from it. I have built my reputation on quality, human-scale design, and I feel confident that I can add a small amount of density to this location and actually improve the overall positive impact of this property. <clears throat> this proposal is in keeping with the provincial government's revitalized rental housing strategy and would not require an, adjust an adjustment to the urban containment boundary, nor would I be applying to subdivide or strata title this property. This proposal would truly be a quality indeed showcase example of attractive, cozy, and amazingly well-built rental homes in a market area that is desperately lacking this type of housing inventory. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kevin. Uh, thank you. Kevin Monahan, 586 Alder Street. Um, I apologize for not having got my name on the list. I didn't notice it on the table when I came in the door. So, um, anyways, uh, I, I, I want to talk about uh, a couple or three um, issues with regards to the, uh, uh, the OCP. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people here have uh, spoken in general terms uh, about the OCP and their vision for it. And I have some very specific uh, points I would like to raise. Uh, the first one is uh, about tree management policy. 
Um, at the last special council meeting, the words and private were removed from this section, which is the page 3-3, uh, section 3.1.4, because tree management policies and bylaws were considered to be an imposition on private landowner rights. The result is that the policy now states, by specifically removing the word about private lands, it now says that um, uh, we will, the town will consider only uh, tree management policies on public land, and the words and private were removed. Um, by removing the wording about private lands, council appears to be giving notice in the OCP that it will not even consider tree policies on private lands at all. However, this flies in the face of existing and proposed tree protection bylaws and the existing noxious weed and grass control bylaw, all of which are very specific about vegetable management on private land. If council is serious that a tree and vegetation management bylaw would be an unwarranted imposition on private ownership rights, they cons should consider that they're willing to minutely control all kinds of other activity on private property. Uh, council's willing to regulate the height of my fence to within centimeters and uh, placement of uh, houses on property, etc. So I don't understand how council can then say, well, we don't want to impose on private property uh, rights when we deal with trees. Um, the, uh, I, I urge council to reconsider this decision. I strongly support the concept of a tree protection bylaw, but it must be sensible and find a balance between private property rights and the public interest. It would have been far better to have removed all the words public and private land, and then the OCP would have simply said that there will be consideration of a tree management policy throughout the town, and not, not, private, not public, and we could have that further discussion in the future rather than removing the words and private and saying we're only going to consider public lands for uh, tree management. And it's even more nonsensical that at the same time council is holding a public hearing on the OCP, which contains this, uh, which has had the con concept of private lands removed from it for tree management and vegetation management, um, it's also considering a draconian tree protection bylaw that's on tonight's uh, agenda. Um, it's highly restrictive over tree management on private land. It makes no sense that council is planning to consider a bylaw that's contrary to the very OCP that council is in the process of developing. The message council is sending is that despite whatever the OCP says on the subject, council is going to ignore it. Now, I, there may be other reasons that this tree management bylaw is on the agenda tonight, but the message that's being sent is we put it in the OCP, we're not going to manage trees on private land, and now we're looking at a tree management bylaw that discusses private land. So I, I hope that this is not the tenor of the way the OCP is going to be considered in the future. Uh, otherwise, um, why are we even discussing the OCP if we're going to contradict it in the same meeting? I, I find this very concerning, and I think that one way or another, council needs to reconcile this within the OCP. I would recommend removing all the words public and private and leave the discussion for a future time. Secondly, I have an issue about barriers to home food production. Throughout the OCP, there's mention of food security and agriculture. 
But in terms of actual specifics related to home food production, there is almost none. There are many high-sounding phrases, but in actuality, there is no specific mention anywhere in the community plan of removing barriers to home food production. The implication is that food security is only to be obtained through organized commercial, agricultural, and industrial processes. There is passing mention of home food production in the sustainability plan, a document that identifies where we want to be in the year 2050, but there's no discussion of how we are to work towards that goal in the OCP itself. Home food producers tread lightly on the planet. Home food production provides high quality food for low cost, which is an important factor for our elderly population. It reduces, dependent on fossil, it reduces dependence on fossil fuels, fosters interconnectedness between home gardeners, helps to overcome social isolation, improves physical and mental well-being, and contributes to the green nature of the town. All of these factors are fully supported by the OCP, yet there's no mention of the desirability of identifying and modifying the regulatory barriers to home food production. As a whole, the OCP ignores any food production that's not either commercial, agricultural, or that's not conducted on community gardens. It's very supportive of multifamily residential units having convenient access to community gardens, but there is no recognition that there currently exist significant barriers to food production on residential land. One of these barriers is the limitation on front yard fence heights, which means that an owner is not permitted to protect a front yard garden from deer. Another is the siting of a home on a property, which in many cases does not permit the owner to take advantage of the sunniest location for a garden. There may be many other uh, barriers to home food production, and a simple comment in the OCP that Council will investigate these barriers to home food production, and that it supports home food production, not, as it says, market gardening on residential land. There is a place in the OCP where it says that it supports market gardening on residential land. That means on my lot, I could grow food for the Saturday market. I could grow it commercially, but there's nothing to support the actual concept of home food production. And when I say home food production, I don't mean just vegetable growing. I mean things like uh, small-scale raising of chickens. We do have a, a chicken bylaw, or it's allowed in policy now. Um, and uh, we should be considering all these issues as part of our sustainability and agricultural sustainability. Thank you very much. I will have a couple of other uh, comments later on a couple of other issues. I do have a question actually. You were the chair of the OCP steering committee. I'm just curious why you didn't bring up the issue of... Uh, it was brought up many times and it never made it into the uh, written OCP. Okay, and did you have any control over that? No. No. We, we, our main influence was in helping to establish the consultations, the type of consultations. Uh, there was discussion of many of these issues and it may be that the comments that are in the OCP currently, which talk about market gardening on residential land, were inadvertently put in and actually referred to home food production. But there was a, a point where um, when it came to each of us in the OCP group advocating our own, uh, our own points of view, we conducted those in public consultation. 
we did not largely do that within the OCP because this OCP is supposed to be written by the people of Qualicum Beach and not by the OCP steering committee. So that was the, uh, that was the approach that we took towards the development of the OCP. Thank you, Kevin. Um, Anyone in the audience that hasn't spoken first, but not on the list? Yes, sir. You are, you're in the back. Come on up. Um, my name is Scott Harrison from Platinum National Coast in Qualcomm Beach. Um, I'm speaking extemporaneously as I just got back from uh, two week vacation back east, so forgive me if I don't have everything in front of me. Uh, there's just a couple things regarding affordability that's uh, interesting with the draft OCP. Uh, for example, in the introduction, it states that in the past five years, housing prices have increased by about 26%. Uh, but the April 2018 data from the Vancouver Island Real Estate Board for Parksville, Falcon Beach has the past five years increased for single unit homes being about 64%. Uh, apartments is 2.5%. And for uh, townhouses, it's about 64%, I think. Um, so the data as far as 26% might be somewhat outdated. Uh, there might be something that was perhaps more accurate a year ago as opposed to today. Um, and I think that sort of feeds into a bit of a disconnect sometimes where people don't really understand for people who are working in the community what the barriers are in terms of affordability for homes. Uh, to also put that in perspective, the cheapest home right now in Falcon Beach is $450,000. You need $110,000 pre-tax income to get a mortgage for that as a first-time home buyer. Uh, if our largest employer is the service sector and tourism in particular, um, it's going to be hard for a couple to afford $110,000 and get $110,000 in pre-tax income. Um, secondly, in terms of rental accommodation, uh, there is an acute shortage of rental accommodation right now. Uh, so cross-referencing TGG and Craigslist, there's currently three units of rental housing available right now. One's a home, there's a two-room suite and a one-room suite. Uh, if you type Balkan Beach into Airbnb, you get 223 results. Uh, now, some of those might be Parksville, they might be Qualcomm Bay, but generally there's a significant discrepancy. And uh, in section 2.2.3 of the draft OCP, there's a line that uh, short-term rentals will not be allowed within residential sections, I think, is the, the language. Um, I'm sorry, I'm curious how that will be enforced, if that's something that council is going to be moving forward. Um, and finally, I'm just curious also as well, with uh, about 56% of people who rent in Qualcomm Beach, spending 30% or more of their income on shelter alone. Uh, and about, there's over 500 units, I forget the exact number. Um, what's the desired uh, rental availability rate for the community? Generally, below 1% is deemed to be something that's a serious problem. And currently, the rate of three rental availabilities versus over 500 homes is 0.5%. Uh, so I just think that this short of rental housing is something I hope that is uh, addressed in the last moments. And sorry, I didn't show up earlier. Ever. Thank you very much. Anyone else in the audience? Like Kevin, I came in late, so I wasn't on the side of the sheet. Uh, last neighbor, 996, Grover, I'll try. I just wanted to uh, clarify something I heard earlier 
This is Damon speaking uh, on behalf of the Equal Press Residents Association. Uh, she was speaking on behalf of the Equal Residents Association Board. So I don't think you should have the impression that uh, the community has been asked uh, or endorses the idea of the urban containment boundary being moved to the municipal boundary. Uh, that may be the board's position, but it's never been raised with the residents of the community as of yet. I have to be honest with you and say, that speaking for myself, I'm very disappointed in the associate pain. Uh, given the amount of time that was put into it, the number of meetings that were held, and how do I measure that it's a disappointing document to me? It's incredibly long. It's so long that I don't think it's a usable document from from an administrative standpoint. Two, I would like to challenge each of you to read that document and tell me what this town is going to look like in 2050. Where is the future in that document? Where is the definition of this town? There was a show last night on uh, 60 Minutes of a couple who was writing a book about smaller towns in, uh, in the states. And so they've toured 50 towns or cities and in preparation for writing this book. And what they found as a common theme for all of these smaller cities or towns is before they did anything, they stopped and got agreement from everybody in the town as to a definition of what they want the town to be. Some towns went so far as they tore down a perfectly good bridge because they, the population wanted to open up uh, a park area and a waterfall. Now that takes a lot of guts, taking something that a, a, a lot of money has been spent and tearing it down because they admit that it wasn't right. And they acknowledge what the citizens are saying. So, again, I, before you adopt this OCP, ask yourselves, does it satisfy your need to know where this town is going 30 years out? Because I haven't been able to see it. Thank you. Thank you.
So I was looking at the drawing and I was thinking, where did this come up under the OCP? I presume this was drawn up at the last OCP to improve the Moyle Avenue. It's not something relatively new, it's taken a long time, but I know uh, I went down there with one of your previous councillors, Mr. Tanner, saying, uh, I think you're going to have to put some underground power in there because of the, the challenges you've got with widening that path further up the line. Anyway, getting down to my Avenue, what did I discover on the roundabout? Well, uh, we talked about safety, seniors, uh, traffic congestion, uh, and building community. What do I find that we've got uh, new uh, pedestrian crossings on three arms of the 19A Memorial with the central island in each and the island goes from the Shell Access Egress East Point is in the middle of where the pedestrian pathway will go across to the central island. So I said, well, that's not really safe, is it? Um, to cut a long story short, they ended up saying there's a high probability that leg, that arm will be closed off so your only access to the shelf station will be off of 19A. That would be pure chaos. How come we've taken probably five, six years, there's never been a public meeting on the whole of New Royal Avenue multi-million, ten million dollar plus project. We need to learn something. How have we got this far? and some of the detail at the last minute, just about to award the contract, and there's some major revelations. It shocked me. I hope we learn that uh, somehow we've got to get the community more involved earlier on on these big projects, and that uh, we make more sense of it at each step. Thank you. Anyone else in the gallery on the list? Jay, you've spoken. You want to speak again? Yes, I do. I'm going to go through the list then, Jay. And the first one at the top is um, Mr. Skips. Yes, I'll call you up.
Anyway, we went into Port O'Gurney and Harry Yards and I went uh, to Port O'Gurney and took exact measurements of the anchor bolts and arrangements of steel and bricks and we traveled to Portland Beach. Their volunteers cleaned the old water off the bricks and Jim Foster laid them and then some steel engineer uh, designed the building uh, because it was three feet higher than permitted. The new town hall was built sixteen higher uh, over what permitted. Not only that, a large white pine on the site uh, was fenced and then cut down. When the newly erected building uh, was uh, so that capacity, the Society staged golf tournaments for about seven years and had a new building designed. Unfortunately, the council or our representative did not have the time to work with the society because he was standing over backwards to please the developers. In the research and design of Magnetar's building, the members went to Port uh, uh, the Hall River, Sydney, and where the saw old post office had been set up. Near the entrance, the front uh, was a, a little wolf and was shown uh, and was shown followed by a series of displays. Each one in turn drew the people head to the next exhibit. The new building uh, that we were planning to build were designed on the same basis. The Museum Society uh, uh, both time is put in a great deal of both time and money. When the uh, Loki arrived, I donated the poles for the, and the lumber for the uh, trusses uh, to, uh, so we could uh, uh, put a shelter over it, which is one of the conditions that we get it. And society paid for the roof. When the building uh, Building, uh, the wooden wall inside the brick wall, uh, Roger Whitney loaned the society $5,000 and then paid off the loan, but money he collected from cans and he and Robert uh, had collected. Then he paneled the entrance to the, uh, uh, to the building with uh, over there. Next, the consultant came, and uh, I believe the town uh, gave them uh, some money to redo things there. And uh, they tore out the native longhouse and the exhibit provided by Cameron Calvin. The administrator supported the new museum board to make funds. Uh, which for some reason never went through a vote of council. The, the new board moved the office to the visit uh, or to the west of the building so visitors could come stand in the front door and see it all from the front door entrance. There are multiple other aspects but I will wait
to expose some of the deficiency to the OCP in, in an effort an effort that will be made to rectify some of the damage that has or will be done. Um, and the administration can go on patting themselves on the back. And oh yes, there are, uh, if there are any accidents because of the landscaping too close to the white line or made known to them uh, so they can really uh, know when the signal device of these uh, dangers and uh, they can take action to recover any costs. Thank you. Thank you. So we'll go to the list that says uh, second opportunity unless there's someone who hasn't spoken yet. All right, we'll go uh, to Spicy. Thank you. Good to say your name again. Thank you. Um, the way I <coughs> understand this format is that I thought there might be some interaction. Okay, then I have, I'll make assumptions and I'm certain that they may be corrected. But I'd like to take um, a point of view as a, an investor in the community, as well also one in the community. And uh, one who looks to the future and how we can attain that future. Um, I, uh, I might start with just a comment and then I'd add to it as we go through. <clears throat> the growth, no growth argument, which is not specifically articulated in the plan, is a false policy notion. The real issue is about adjusting to an emergent and growing reality of existing residents. Thus, those of us who are growing older or have lost spouses want to downsize and live closer to the town center. The OCP needs to address this as a policy statement. It does not. There is no discussion of this emergent need. There's just silence and silence from council. The only block of land that will offer medium density patio townhouse style housing is Burbank Road South. This is about adjusting to a rapid emerging housing need that should be facilitated by the council in the OCP. Times have changed. The council needs to be responsive but instead it is silently resistant. In an endeavorment to try to reach the goals of the OCP, um, and also to understand the challenges that, you know, principally people don't want to give up ALR land, but I think a lot of people don't understand that a blanket is thrown over many pieces of land and that to give understanding to a request to consider removing land from the LR, there are many factors that come into play. And in in usually, LR land is not so close to the downtown core. 
Newly land is not on sewer water and stone from the city. Also, um, land that's within walking distance of town is not the norm. People think of the farming land, ARR land, a distance away. So therefore, I thought, okay, the only thing to do is wait until there's an OCP review. And that's when you have an opportunity to bring your plans forward. And I've been able to discover that there is land across from the dog park, which is 20 acres, which matches virtually the five-acre parcels that are on Berwick. So as a solution for the community, to not give up any of their land, they could take the dog area, receive some remuneration from those who have those properties, and literally be able to resolve the, the big desire of the community. I don't know why we're not entertaining that. It's my understanding that doors are closed on that, and that it, to me, it seems very sad for the community. Um, I also want to make a note that I have here a whole list of ALR decisions of land being removed from the ALR. The first one is land that was from the city of Langford, of which they asked for 90 acres to be removed, of which 20 out of 43 parcels, 23 of them were removed. And they all are around one acre, 2.5 acres, five acres, or hectares I'm referring to. So don't say that this can't be done. In addition to that, 90 acres was taken out by the city airport, and all of this information has been given to staff and to council, and they just ignored it. All I've asked for is that, hey, let's attempt to go to the ALC. Let's give them an idea. I really think I can get it out of the ALR without even entertaining the dog pound area. But I thought, hey, it's a win-win. It's a win-win and you can make some money at the same time knowing of our lands leaving the community, it'll never be developed for housing because the airplanes would land, couldn't possibly land before the landing strip in front of it. And really it could become the cabbage patch landing for the community. So if they miss the runway, they can land in the, in the cabbage patch. It makes total sense. It literally takes total sense. So in addition to the airport receiving 98 is removed. This is all within the last year or two or three. 98, all they had to do was put a cup and then while the land is not being used for, for airport purposes, they were happy with the covenant that would stay keep it agricultural. So I think it's not fair for staff to reiterate to council or that council could insist on staff not entertaining this opportunity. It's the town that's asking this for community, to the community, not me. I'm just responding. I'm responding to the quality of life survey. I'm responding to when the questions were asked of the quality of life to deal with on a case-by-case -case basis, on a case-by-case -case basis, that by that request and, and getting a larger number for each of those, for the respondents that did it by random or by putting in their, their quality of life comments and their, and their reports. They both won 
in those cases. So in other words, we won on three occasions. I don't understand why the town would not entertain it for the community. It could be a win-win. I can assure you that if Neil Horner or Barry Aikops or Neil or Barry or yourself or Anne, if one vote was higher in an election, they would insist that they won. And I just think it's, it's absolutely appalling that this town has not entertained the opportunity. Let the ALC, ALC turn it down and leave it to them, not to yourself. I can tell you that property's coming up and it will be this in this few years and I think you're going to look very important to the community. Thank you. Thank you. Um, who else would like to? Oh, sorry, I've got the list for a second time around. Excuse me, Your Worship, I wanted to make a comment to Mr. Jewett. Well, this is not about comments, this is about hearing. So if you have a question for clarification, that's a, okay. If you have a question, go ahead. I think it's uh, entirely honorable, Mr. DeWitt, that you uh, care so much about this community and the opportunities. However, I believe it's time we cut to the chase. How much do you stand to personally gain if your land is taken out of the ALR? Thank you for that question. I would hope that the community would gain for those who helped build this town potentially 25 to 30 to 40 homes where they could come in and those homes could be released to younger families. As to the regards to, um, in response to your specific question, Many people, as myself, and as yourselves, we all have our RSPs. And what you do is if you invest in those RSPs, you expect them to grow over time. And at the end of your, your time period where you wish after 30 years, you hope to gain something, well, some people buy land. Some people make this opportunity possible. And what it takes is they, they, they set aside and sacrifice for that. That is what free enterprise does. And that's what free enterprise is. That's what made Paul. You know, I stand here today, and I can honestly say that if this council was here 30 years ago, Paul would not exist today. Thank you. So, no business. No business. No. No one's business. I'm sure Sorry, that's enough of that. So we'll go back to the next person. That's Bruce Lange Smith. Thank you, uh, Mayor Council. Well, um, yeah, it's evident to everybody here that um, there's a, a pretty rich diversity of opinion in the room and no doubt the community. And as usual, um, this effort in terms of collaborative um, public processes tried to walk a bit of a tightrope between um, hearing all voices and then synthesizing everything into a new document. I, for one, have to say I'm, I'm fundamentally a pretty critical guy and often um, you know, have my cynical hat on. And as previously mentioned, I'm pretty conversant with our current OCP and have familiarized myself um, with, the, with the new one. 
it's it's not an easy document. Some people have made reference to it being um, um, burdensome in its length and whatnot. It's full of planner speak, and um, to people that um, tear their hair out at it or whatever, I would say, well, you know, you're if you're not familiar with this kind of stuff, you're fundamentally handicapped. And documents of this nature are the mechanisms that the modern um, uh, Western world uses with which to conduct government and manage growth. And that's the, that's the um, mandated requirement that, that the OCP guides us in that regard. And having reviewed this OCP, I for one take some confidence in the fact that um, many of the fundamental policies that were in the previous OCP are um, reasonably intact. They look like they have a prospect of um, being utilized by council to make reasonable decisions managing growth and development going forward. And um, I don't know how many people were at the very introductory public meeting um, that was held at the very beginning of this OCP review process, but Pam Shaw, who's the director of, um, or the head of um, the planning department at DIU, made a brief presentation and she reviewed the history of um, Qualcomm and its various iterations of OCPs and whatnot. And one of her um, most important remarks, I felt, was her reference to the fact that in summarizing all of this, and this was coming from a person who's an academic but an expert in planning policy, and she is not somebody who lives in the town and doesn't have any particular political agendas, but um, she pointed to this document and said um, that the residents and council and whatnot have a great deal to be proud of and thankful for that in fact we had done collectively a pretty good job over all of these years and um, a lot of what is there obviously is working pretty good. So um, my perspective on a lot of this is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And there's a lot in the new OCP that is actually pretty familiar in terms of continuity with the previous OCP. And I believe that the dichotomy and polarization and the push and pull between people that want to align the urban containment boundary with the, with the town boundary, that likely will continue. But um, the, bottom of, the bottom line is that we who live here mostly, hopefully, love this place and will consider ourselves very thankful that we're so lucky to be here. Thank you for hearing my comments. Lois, you're next. Okay. Uh, Tim Pritchard. And after that, Judy Smith. Right from the beginning of this OCP, housing and land availability considerations were the real issue. 
Interestingly, the province's legislation on the OCP says right at the beginning that this is an OCP is a statement of objectives and policies to guide decisions on planning and land use management. That's what needs to be considered when you take into look at housing needs. Uh, Bruce Fleming Smith just referred to Professor Pam Shaw's presentation at the initial public meeting of the OCP. And in that, she went and talked about the provincial legislation, which talked about a, an official community plan as a statement of objectives policies to guide decisions on planning and land use management. She then went on and talked about the town of Qualicum Beach's uh, bylaw in this respect. She then raised the questions about why plan and suggested to address the ongoing pressures of growth and change, remain proactive instead of reactive, and impacts on capital planning. So this is where we are now, and any significant action related to this OCP, I think it's reasonable to say will fall on a new council. And the, as part of that, the new council will need, as it has this time, to work with staff to develop a new or revise the existing strategic plan. And the strategic plan, which is really a work plan or an action plan for staff, that really makes things happen. So what is the OCP's role in this action plan? Philosophically, uh, whether this doc you have to ask whether this document in front of you fully meets the vision and needs of all residents to decide what the future will be. In her remarks, Pam Shaw, Professor Shaw said, needs to, the OCP needs to retain some flexibility. And this implies that there will be some mid-course corrections. And that's where the detailed strategic plan gets into the real nitty-gritty. The OCP sets the course for the journey, but there will need to be lots of serious thoughts, fine-tuning along the way with continuing public input. I personally worry that staff may have too much on its plate and that numerous secondary matters often arise that divert them from the strategic plan priorities. In fact, we haven't had an update of the strategic plan since last fall, and at that time, only two-thirds of the uh, items that had been addressed almost four years, three and a half years ago had been accomplished. So I'm not quite sure where things stand. In addition, this council has made many motions for staff to address during the past, during 2017, it was over 300. And many of these have still not been addressed. This does not include many verbal referrals which were never recorded because no motions were made. On top of this, a new strategic plan by a new council will no doubt have some new ideas which will require more staff time 
Then as council turned progresses, there will no doubt be more motions made that require staff's attention. So when we put it all together, there are some daunting and probably exciting challenges ahead, and maybe some public frustration when things don't get done as quickly as some would like. So I guess the message is to stay calm and soldier on. Qualicum Beach has a lot of challenges for a relatively small community. This will require a lot of teamwork, some cool heads, a lot of insightful and creative thinking, and some hard work along the way. The OCP sitting on the shelf won't make it happen. In many ways, Qualicum Beach is a near-perfect community. But that said, the future that lies ahead, there are many real challenges. Does the OCP document before us fully address the challenges and provide the roadmap that is needed? I'll leave that with you to think about. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jane, you're next. Thank you very much. Uh, I must say that coming to Qualicum Beach, we chose it out of many different places in Canada as being one of the most beautiful places in Canada, and also a, a town where democracy is robust and healthy, and I think well-governed and well-managed as a community. And here tonight, many issues that you're facing are contradictory, complex, and I realize there are tremendous pressures upon you. But I want to pick up what I think Kevin and Mulder, maybe Mr. Smith, have had to say. And, one the, and I have to say the issues that we're addressing are all interrelated. You cannot take free policy, management policy, and separate from other policies. It's impossible. But from my understanding of what was said about Kevin was that um, any policy that comes out will speak to the ability of the town to address trees and public land and decide on private land. That, to me, is like I'm going to have one lung dedicated to smoking and the other lung dedicated clean air. You can't do it. The lungs are, are, are connected. Everything is connected, okay? So how can you bifurcate the cutting down of trees? I walk all over here. I'm living about a five minutes walk. And I see, well, what if they cut down these trees here? What if they cut down these trees? Well, individual choices have collective consequences. So to me, it is foolish and unwise and prejudicial to the health of the planet and the health of our own town to negate or leave off the uh, public input to the management of trees on private land. If my neighbor cuts down his trees, which are beautiful, i just gorgeous trees, I had my land redesigned to form to shade. What plants will grow there? So you cutting down your tree will affect my land. So there's no way you can individualize land. So it doesn't affect somebody else's land. There's no way you can do it so it doesn't affect the community. So I don't understand your logic there at all. Unless you're saying private, private property is absolute and rules overall. Well, private property is a gift from the state. It's the state, the government, that puts private property into formation and protects it, but not in an absolute way, not in an unfettered way. And I've heard, really, they're going to do it in an unfettered way. And I think that's dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous in many ways. And I think it's irresponsible. And this also relates to the issue of densification, an issue in general 
that I support because it really speaks to me for the town, the ability of the town to have greater efficiencies on the resources we have. It's smart, but it depends again if you have unfettered uh, rights and controls of one, what one can do with one's land, then how responsible is it? And what type of densification can we have? I've been to another, been fortunate to a number of cities where they do have densification and they're praiseworthy. But I have to say, in other places, the architecture of these new places being created, I don't want to use the word, why you can say, this is by the other that's being created, okay? You have this densification and there's no, uh, no uh, little attention given to the aesthetics and the quality. Well, this town is known for its aesthetics, it's known for its quality, it's known for its beauty. So is it absolute unfettered ability to create what you want on the land? What are limits? And I think that we all have to live within limits. So on my concern is what are, what are the limits and how responsible uh, we're going to be. Thank you very much. And now for uh, the third opportunities, Mr. DeWitt. So I see you up again. I, uh, I've challenged this OCP process in the last OCP to be innovative and try to create ideas. I waited for this next OCP rather than making a kerfuffle in between. Um, I would only ask that I have never seen such a negative, I would say, lack of growth opportunity in an OCP. It is worse than the previous OCP that we had. And I, I struggle with the fact that the town is now become the only contractor and developer who can satisfy the needs of the town at all of the private enterprises and the homeowners' expense. I don't understand how this council can possibly even do it. I just think it's unbelievable that six laws out of the far west could satisfy the need on a bank and how an airport piece of property that's gone into the air, into the urban containment boundary as well as that, and an increase on the town's public yard is the only answer to growth or opportunity. Opportunity which was denied to the previous owner at the airport for 10 years. The town bought it, and guess what? They took and offered to themselves all of what that person was requesting and gave themselves more flexibility. I don't know, folks, is this really what we expected in this OCP? Is this OCP reflective of the quality of life survey? I'm going to say absolutely not. And after saying this, I would ask council to either change this OCP to have the earthly kingdom boundary match the town boundary. If not, that's your... I will say, I know those things of politics. 
I'm not going to say you're doing something that's wrong, but there is a public arena that's just around the corner. And I'm going to be expressing my concerns to the public arena so that they can be better equipped to know exactly, in my view, the extreme socialism that's come from this council. I am, I cannot believe that the far forefathers would have ever thought that what has occurred is occurring. I am comfortable that you won't change anything. But I will say, I, and for anyone in the audience, we could do and can go to the RDN and deal with this urban container boundary just like the previous group did when they tried to stop the urban container boundary being moved. I plan to go forward to the RDN on behalf of the town and express what I would say is a grave injustice to the people and the quality of life survey. Thank you. Thank you. Um, next is uh, Bruce, and I'm not sure if you want to speak again, Bruce. You're done? Good. Uh, Trish, hello. I'll keep it concise because there's four minutes before nine o'clock, and I know that there's a motion to take the meeting past nine. So, um, a couple of things. Actually, I'll... actually, I think we would continue as long as people want to speak. Okay, perfect. But we would we would finish it off at ten if we could. We'll try to finish before ten. I've been known to ramble on that long, but I'll keep it shorter. Uh, some of you don't really appreciate that. Um, I wanted to say that one of the things that I've heard from many people who have spoken in opposition to the meetings I have been to, um, there's been a lot of agreement that the OCP as it stands is not ready to go forward. Um, there's been dissent, dissent, dissent on it. And I think the other things that are brought up, the fact that we are looking at uh, council changes coming up with the upcoming elections, and those people will have to enact that. Perhaps there's an opportunity there to allow for the strategic plan, the strategic plan to be caught up and then the OCP enacted so that they can come in together with a bit of a clean slate. Don't know, just throwing options out. Um, but I think the OCP itself needs to also look at um, some of the other plans, um, some of the other stakeholders are involved beyond just the housing growth. We've got, we've got parents that are aging in place here. They have to drive significant distances to be able to get the medical care that they want. It's really tough to find a doctor around. Where are the plans addressing that? You know, so we've got young families coming in. Where do we get the medical and health care to support the people who want to live here? So that we don't have to drive to other towns, to other cities to use up their resources. Um, I think there are some things here that can make our town far more livable, that can support the growth but that can also increase the quality of life along with that growth. The policy, the OCP itself as well, um, it was, Tim brought up the fact that it's a vision, you know, the vision and the policy, that these are uh, where we want to go and how do we get there. But it needs to be flexible. It needs to be accessible. We do need to allow for growth to change. We talked about the history of our town. We have gone through many iterations. We used to allow for some of our facilities to be convalesced for people coming back from war. Right? And now it's doing something new. We've got families coming in, we're a retirement community, so we need to look at and accept that the, um, the variable nature of Qualcomm Beach has been part of our history and accept that. 
And we need to make sure that the communication is out there so that people that do live here can understand how they can become a part of that. Right? That's all part of change management that comes along with these things and the, the communication and strategies, the communication strategies go along with that. Um, overall, we, look, we do need to look at the sustainability. I talked about the reasons, some of the reasons why I moved to Qualcomm Beach, and that is so that I can raise my children to be good global citizens. I want them to know that they've got Qualcomm Beach as a beautiful hometown to come back to that is living in a sustainable way. Um, buy, 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 consume, 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 not a way that's going to happen. We have to really look at how do we manage our resources better? How do we communicate with our people to manage our resources better? How do we reuse, upuse, recycle, um, so that we can... We've got everything that we need here. Um, we've got the ALR. We can up that. We can provide encouragement for it. Maybe people want a million dollar home in the ALR. That doesn't mean the lands that are associated to it can't be used or farmed out or, or other ways to market gardens or to create family plots. There's a lot of creative solutions that can, can go on that allow us to do that. And that will also take more research and looking outside so we can bring those creative answers inside. Um, so no, there's no answers, but I think that the OCP as it stands, most people have said that it, it is not a document that is quite ready to go yet. Take the bylaws off, keep the policies in, make it usable, make it adaptable. So, thanks. Thank you. Uh, Jane, you're on the list again? You done? Okay. Anyone else wish to speak? Okay, then, sorry, Kevin, you want to talk? Go ahead. Yes, thank you, uh, Kevin Monaghan. Is that working? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Kevin Monaghan, 586 Alder Street. Um, I, I'm hearing a lot about uh, sustainability and the sustainability plan. Uh, in fact, um, that was another subject that I wanted to discuss. And as Bruce Funny uh, Smith mentioned, the sustainability plan has been left largely untouched. Um, the only issue in it that was really subject to amendment was to change every reference to downtown to uptown. And very little else changed in the uh, sustainability plan. What are the issues that make life sustainable? And I think we understand that they deal with uh, um, the environment, they deal with our economy, and they deal with uh, Perhaps they also deal with our demographic uh, mix. Um, a sustainable community is one that has uh, people of various different ages. Um, and uh, this has been a, a big issue in discussions on the OCP this time around. And yet none of this was injected into the sustainability plan, which is the OCP basically looks at the next five years or it, it is reviewed every five years, but the sustainability plan has a longer, uh, a longer view. It says where we want to be in the next 20, 30, 40 years. My association with uh, Qualcomm Beach goes back to uh, 1970 when I first came to this area, and uh, I haven't lived in Qualcomm Beach all that time, but I've known Qualcomm Beach. Uh, and uh, fundamentally, this town has not changed significantly. It's grown, uh, and lots of things have arisen that weren't here before, uh, but fundamentally the character of Balkan Beach is, uh, is very much what it used to be, and I think for that we owe past administrations and past populations that have lived here. But 
When we bring this all together and we start looking at where we are now in the process, we're really, uh, we're pretty close, we're at the 11th hour in this process. I don't think, uh, and I think probably every one of you at the front of the table here would admit that um, there's not a lot of taste for putting it off for another six months, a year, etc., to do, to make major changes to the OCP. Um, to take the sustainability plan apart and put it back together again as a more modern document. So, one of the things we should start doing now is looking towards the next OCP review. I'm afraid to say it, but uh, this one's almost done. It's time to look forward. And one of the problems that evolved over the last few years was that in council there were lots of discussions and oftentimes it was said, let's put that subject off to the OCP review. But there was never a motion made on that subject. And so when we went to the minutes of the council meetings to research what subjects council had recommended to be put forward to the OCP review this time around, there wasn't a lot there. So my recommendation is that over, when we put this, uh, this OCP to bed, uh, with the changes that I've recommended making up, of course, um, when we put this OCP to bed, we also say, make a motion that some of the issues that council considers maybe weren't dealt with because of lack of time or lack of interest or whatever, the motion be made that those be taken up in the next OCP review. And hopefully the next council will do the same thing. And when issues come up that need to be subject matter for an OCP review, a motion be made on that subject. So that fixes it in the consciousness of the community so things don't get dropped and don't get missed. That would be my very strong recommendation for the future. I have a final uh, issue, and I think this is something that can be dealt with this time around. And this issue is simply the layout of the OCP and the numbering of it. There are two pages 3-2, there's two pages 3-3, there's two pages 3-4. One is in Schedule 3 and the other is in the third part of Schedule 1. Uh, the numbering of the sections in the OCP is repeated so that there's a 3.1.1 in the OCP and there's a 3.1.1 in the sustainability plan and there's no differentiation between the numbering. It makes it frightfully confusing when you're looking at somebody talking about section 3-2-2 and you're in an entirely different part of the OCP looking for it and you can't find it, but you're at 3.2. Where's 3.2.2? It's not there. There's a 3.2.1, no 3.2.2. Oh, wait a minute, it's in the other end of the OCP. I strongly recommend that the numbering be redone. I know this sounds like a really picky little issue, but I think that there have been uh, difficulties throughout this whole process with uh, numbering, page numbers, etc., and people getting confused over things. So I would very strongly recommend that that change be made now. Um, I want to just finally say this has been an arduous and exhausting process, and uh, uh, it is uh, coming to its end now, and I think that everybody has um, Everybody that's come up and talked and counseled that sat there through 
interminable boring meetings, the OCP group where people struggle to make it to meetings, etc., and the community coming out and uh, at times being very frustrated. But I think uh, I, I just want to, uh, from my point of view, just thank everybody for their involvement. Thank you very much. So for the first time, anyone else wishing to speak or present a submission regarding the OCP? Second time, anyone else wishing to speak or present a written submission regarding the OCP bylaw? And third and final time, is anyone wishing to speak or present a written submission? We're on the third call. There you go. Last call. citizens of Baltimore Beach, which doesn't appear to be too many. Anyway, I hold in my hand 357 pages. And let me say, this is one of the reasons I dropped out of law school 50 years ago. Because <laughs> I couldn't handle it. Secondly, how you people can sit up there and listen to a lot of what you listen to tonight, you've got to be applauded because there ain't enough money in the world to make me do that, I'll tell you that. Anyway, I don't know if it's a good OCP, a bad OCP, but I do know it's our OCP. We've had some very learned people speak tonight who I have a great deal of respect for. And I do know that going forward, it will be up to the next council to carry on if this is passed and act for the citizens who have voted you people in and the next election. I, I can say that 16 years ago, my wife and I moved from across the mountains east from the big smoke because we fell in love with Baldwin Beach. And to this day, we still love it. We leave it up to your good stewardship to try and maintain why we came here. So to that end, thank you. Anyone else wishes to speak? So, um, seeing no further speakers, I declare this public hearing closed. And I want to thank you. You're a great audience. You applaud for everybody and everything they just said. So I appreciate that. Um, the next um, item on the agenda is the correspondence. And we have the correspondence log. Are there any issues that council wants to bring forward on the log? Council skips you. Thank you, Your Worship. There was uh, an item of correspondence from Debbie Kinley regarding the proposed plastic bag ban and her suggestion related to uh, plastic bags used for the distribution of our local newspaper. And I wondered, uh, I would like to move that this item be referred to staff to consider this suggestion and provide council with background information and recommendations. Thank you. See, this is what happens at council meetings. We make motions like that. And that means for us about five seconds. For staff that means a lot of time to work on. So that's the motion. Is it being seconded? Councilor Warner, discussion? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. There you have it. Anything else on the correspondence log? On the correspondence log, anything there? Yes, Your Worship. Uh, on the log. Yeah, that's coming up after. 
So we got the, the next item is the, um, yes, Councilor I, I have something uh, from the lodge. I did meet uh, the other day with a couple of people from Eagle Crest, but there's one letter within our lodge, and uh, I think uh, all of the people of Eagle Crest uh, should be aware of it. It's a letter from the new owners of the Eagle Crest Golf Course. Uh, and if I read it correctly, it's pointing out some of their thoughts and intentions for the future. And I think it would be very wise for the Eagle Crest residents uh, become aware of this letter. It's part of our correspondence. It's not in camera. And uh, uh, read it as I have to uh, try to get some uh, more in-depth uh, understanding of what it's really saying. Thank you, Councillor Davis. Anything else on the block? Uh, the next was the um, question from the Rotary Club. Uh, this is a request for storage space for their flags. This is a fundraising effort. Um, I would like to ask staff, uh, given you notice, just to see if there's any place that we could use or is there any other ideas? Uh, Mr. Singh. Well, uh, Your Worship, at this point, storage is, is a premium for everyone, including ourselves. We, uh, The groups that we have been working with at the Burr facility, uh, which is right by the fire hall, that area is having some water issues, and so we're having to relocate those as well. And so we're actually looking at bringing in some temporary storage containers for those. At this point, we don't have additional storage. That said, uh, we, we could work with the group to take a look and see if there's any commercial spaces available in the area that, that they could use. They don't need a lot of space at this point. Uh, but at, at this time, we don't have, have any free space available. So okay. the best we could do is work with them to, to look at alternatives. Okay, a motion to request staff to follow up with the Rotary Club to see if we can come up with some storage space. Councilor Horner, Councilor Avis, discussion? All in favor, opposed to carry. And there's, uh, and there's actually Steve Hurdling, request for a noise bylaw enforcement uh, with the Public Safety Committee. Actually, the four items on that list, uh, three, four, five, six, could all be referred to the Secretary of Public Safety, which has uh, had a change of date from Wednesday to May 23rd. Um, so I could have a motion to defer all these four to the Public Safety Committee. Move to the second, Councillor uh, Avis, Councillor Buckmeyer. Discussion, Councillor Horn. You wanted to bring about Peter Tyrants? Oh, I just, uh, thank you, Worship. Yeah, I just thought there was a uh, worthy of debate and, uh, and comment. Uh, it sounds like a good idea to me, that's So we're referring that to the Public Safety Committee as well. I include a discussion on that. All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Thank you. Um, general government, you know, I've got a whole list of things that I was going to report on, but in the interest of time, I would just give that list to um, uh, Ms. Swenson, and they can be part of the next um, council meeting as far as the minutes. What I would like to ask is that uh, we send a letter of appreciation to the Rotary Club, who did a, a letter pickup last Friday. I think 24 volunteers went all over town picking up letter uh, as, a, as volunteers, so I think we should send them a letter acknowledging and thanking him for that. And just one item um, that came up, um, let's see. We had a meeting at the Agriculture Advisory Committee, and I'm a, I'm a member from the board on that committee at the regional district. And the, the gist of it was that there was a report from the Institute of Sustainable Food Systems. And it basically said that protection of farmland is not enough. Uh, we need to encourage production of food and farmland. 
So they're basically saying, we don't want to have to deal with application to take land out of EMR. What we want to do is use that land to grow food. That's basically the gist of it. Um, and then the rest I will just pass on to... Um, oh, yes, on April, 20, on April 16th, I was also at the uh, one of the speakers at the Chartwell Resident Association. And they would like us to deal with speeding, so this will, uh, if I could move that to the Select Media Public Safety as well. Speeding on Miraloma Drive, Charcoal Boulevard, Sunrise Drive, and Bennett Road. And they would like a four-way stop at Sunrise and Charcoal. And stop lines on the pavement at stop signs. And a speed hump at the end of Sunrise as it leads into French Creek. So if I could make that as a motion and ask for a second to have it referred to the Select Media Public Safety. Well, Councillor Horner, Councillor Luckmeyer, thank you. Discussion? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Thank you. And I'll just leave that report with um, Ms. Swenson. Here it is if you want to take a look at that later. Um, Councillor Avis. Thank you, Mayor Westbrook. I've just got a couple of items here. I, we've all been busy in different events, so we won't go through all those as we usually do tonight. But um, I have one motion here from the uh, Beach Day Celebration Committee that Matt Breedlove be appointed to the Select Committee on Beach Day Celebration. I'll move that. Seconded, Councillor Horner. Discussion? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Thank you. And just the other uh, point, and it, it's to the point you made earlier about the rotary. I didn't know it was the rotary doing it, but you know, from some of the comments we've heard tonight, uh, pretty well when, over my years, whenever I go to conferences on the mainland and most of the people that are there from British Columbia representing their communities, as soon as they hear that we're from uh, Qualica Beach, um, you can see the, uh, the look in their eye that we're pretty darn lucky. And you know, last Friday I did witness the Rotary people uh, going around picking up the, the litter of 19A on Memorial, working in two groups in tandem. So, you know, it's that kind of pride for our community that uh, really helps keep our community the way it is. So. Uh, it's, a, it's a very proud place to live and a nice place to live. So I, I'll just let my uh, stop my comments and have that. Thank you, Councilman. Thank you, Commissioner. I have one motion that um, from the part uh, that Tom Whitfield be appointed to the Heritage Forest Commission for a two-year term ending December 31st, 2019. I so move. Second, Councilman. Discussion. All in favor. Opposed? Carried. Thank you. Thank you. And my only other option, uh, item, Your Worship, is uh, broom season is here once again, and Broom Busters is putting up the call for volunteers. Um, they very much like to finish cleaning Qualica Beach this year, and to this end, they uh, clean the old Sunset Inn property today, and plan to get the old dump in the airport as well as any minor infestations they can find. However, they need help. I would encourage anyone with a pair of loppers and a strong sense of community pride take just a couple of hours this spring to clean up any minor infestations in your neighborhood. Cut them right at ground level so they don't come back. That's why you can report infestations on the Broom Busters website. And that concludes my report. Thank you. Thank you for championing that. Councilor Lepner. Yes, uh, first from the uh, uh, Protective Services, uh, the motion that uh, Elvis Standish, the Qualicum Beach Senior Center, be appointed as an alternate to the Select Committee on Public Safety. Thank you. I'll second that. Discussion? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Thank you. And uh, I'd also just like to report I attended the uh, Island Quarter Foundation annual general meeting, and since the train tracks runs through the middle of town, this should be of interest to many people here. First, 
a thing that most people keep saying is that the island corridor is a uh, conglomerate made up of local governments and regional districts. Uh, I specifically asked what the makeup of the Island Corridor Foundation is, what their standing is, and the response is they are a not-for-profit private corporation. No government involvement. The government sits as an advisor to local communities and regional districts, but they are a private corporation. Uh, some people are a little dismayed at that, but then there's also something to be happy about. They now have a $1.4 million liability that we're not all responsible for, so I think it goes both ways. Uh, they have uh, announced that uh, to get the money to do what they propose to do uh, needs federal money and provincial support. And the feds have said if the province will support you, uh, we'll consider it. The province has not yet provided any support to Island Corridor. Um, they also have a uh, standing uh, court settlement with the uh, uh, Nanus First Nations about use of uh, First Nations property. And that court date, the actually discovery date, not the court date, has not been set by the Supreme Court. Um, one issue that we have uh, as a town of Falcon Beach is that uh, we lease a building, and I believe we're still in a position where we're on a month-to-month -month lease with them. Um, I think we should be pursuing that a little bit more aggressively since we maintain and, and improve the building as we go along and follow suit to what is happening in other areas along the, foundation, along the corridor. For example, Parksville Potters have been given a long-term lease. Uh, I think we as a town should be uh, securing our position uh, without a quarter and pursuing that. <coughs> and that ends my report. Thank you, Councilor Blackmire. Uh, Thank you, Your Worship. I'll, I'll try to keep this short. I just wanted to start, though, by congratulating Councillor Avis for the recognition that he will be receiving from the BC Library Trustees Association for his advocacy work as chair of the Vancouver Island Regional Library Board. And I think it speaks volumes about his commitment and to all the hours he has volunteered in support of our libraries. Uh, it's very well deserved, so um, congratulations and thank you, Councillor Avis. Um, in your absence, Your Worship, I had the honour of swearing in the new Board of Directors for the Chamber of Commerce at their recent AGM. And it looks like a, a great board with lots of diversity and energy, and I wanted just to commend them all for their willingness to serve our community in this capacity. Their volunteer time, that they attend those 7.30 a.m. meetings. Um, they promote and educate and give back to the community. Um, so I wish the board well as they embark on this new year. And on behalf of a number of concerned parents, I'm still looking for some action on safe crossings for those walking and biking um, to a Qualcomm Beach Elementary School or along the trail off Hoy Lake Road West. And finally, to conclude, I just wanted to say that I, uh, I was the lucky winner of the Fortis Draw at the recent ADICC conference. So they will be making a $1,500 donation to the charity or society of my choice. So please stay tuned for that announcement. And that concludes my report. Thank you, Councillor Skipsey. Um, Ms. Swenson. I have no announcements. Thank you. Um, Fire department's got a report. Is there any questions about that? 
proceed with um, Mr. Sion. Do you have something you wanted to raise that about as far as the fog foods fireworks? Thank you, Worship. Uh, I did have a meeting, and so uh, just on Friday, didn't have the opportunity to add this to the agenda on time. We do have a request from Qualcomm Foods uh, asking that the town partner with the Qualcomm Beach Festival of Lights this year. We did have a discussion and we were able to establish that between the town and the Qualcomm Foods, the cost for putting on the event ranges on any given year from twenty-seven dollars to $35,000. And uh, we, uh, we thought it might be good to put forward to council an opportunity to partner on this. And in this case, what we would have is joint advertising, we would have joint messaging, uh, we're looking at in-store posters, we're looking at uh, local radio promotions, um, we have uh, the store would be looking at having in-store um, uh, coverage uh, or uh, promotion, which includes everything from the town. It would also use this as, as a launch, because it's the beginning of our events throughout the summer, and we thought it might be a good opportunity to promote every special event that we have going on throughout the summer, uh, throughout the stores, the quality food stores that they do have. So it does help promote on the island. And uh, so the request that we wanted to bring forward and that they asked that, that be brought forward is that uh, the town formally partner and they coordinate the event, but our partnership would be to provide $9,000 towards the event. And so I wanted to bring that forward to council to discuss. The reason why it's on such short notice is that uh, a lot of the promotion actually gets goes to print as early as May 11th. And so I wanted to flag it, and if there were concerns, we can at least start the discussions, but if there's support, we can start on uh, getting everything assembled. Okay. Any questions about this proposal? Uh, one question. What would the value be of all the coffee food stores on the island promoting events and quality? What would that, what, what would you want to value that? Well, we, uh, I, it's hard for me to know because I'm, I'm not a marketing expert, but I do know that we spend more than that in terms of the various advertising uh, through the Downtown Business Association, the Chamber. Uh, we have pamphlets that go into the BC Ferries through each one of these groups. Uh, so on advertising alone, uh, we'd certainly see equivalent, which is why I was willing to bring it forward to Council. It, it certainly it does look like a large number. Uh, but for an event of this caliber and the uh, ability to cross-promote other events and the town, it seems actually uh, like a, a very good platform. Thank you. Could I have a motion to uh, direct staff to work out a partnership agreement with the advertising and on the fireworks? See no one? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. Move and second to Councilor Skipsey. Um, another question related to this somewhat. We, we worked with them on their plastic bags, and I see a lot of impacts. Can you give us an update, because I know you've been with Jeff and Shelley, about that? I did, and uh, for those who are advocates and, and strongly support, uh, I did ask that they become a delegation, uh, because the numbers are staggering. So they've had excellent uptake, and so way more than they thought they would see. And this is across Vancouver Island, because they were all there across Vancouver Island, they ordered a substantial amount of, of bags and actually had to uh, uh, double that order already. Uh, by their projections, uh, in this year alone, given the uptake, uh, they are going to be pulling five million single-use plastic bags off of the shelves. That's the impact. So 
their numbers are staggering. Like I said, they cannot believe the uptake. It's been uh, extremely supportive. And of course, the charge that they put forward on existing banks is all going to charity as well. So uh, they put together a good platform. They, they wanted to acknowledge the town uh, for, for bringing it to their attention. They were our first local company that decided to go with a voluntary compliance. And I thought it would be appropriate for them to share the message. They have more stats that they can share. But it is, it, it's, it's an amazing good news story. Their only question was where we were at in terms of bringing forward the, the ban. And I explained that we're going through the legal process first and that it would be coming back forward. But uh, they do have a good news story that they want to share. Okay. And that was the question. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have raised that issue, but I thought it was a good thing to see the effect of the, the motion on the floor is about partnering about the Fireworks, uh, Councilor Horner. I was actually going to talk about the plastic bags. Okay. About the fireworks, Councilor Yeah, I just I, I realize that they do the same sort of events in communities up and down the island, and I wondered if they're going to be looking for the same kind of partner, partnering agreements with other communities, or or how that would follow. You can ask them the question, or you know the answer. I do know the answer, and they already have partnership agreements in most areas. Uh, Parks and Aquatic Beaches are the only two municipalities that currently don't have an agreement. All right. So are you ready for the question? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Thank you. Um, planning. Mr. Seals. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Mayor Westbrook. The first item under planning is the monthly bylaw report, which is, in, which is just for information. Okay, so I'll, I'll proceed. The next item is also for information, but I would like to just quickly introduce it, and that is the Sustainability Action Plan. So the Sustainability Action Plan was first drafted after the 2011 Official Community Plan to track some of the progress towards long-term goals in that plan. And now we are one OCP later, five years later, and so this report updates what progress has been made and where the town has been successful in moving towards those long-term goals. I'd just like to quickly highlight that some of the successes that we've seen, um, transit improvements have made a, a huge improvement and, and, and now there's easy access to transit routes for almost every resident in the community. Um, the addition of a second community garden plot will make significant progress towards that goal. The quality of life survey indicates that the number of volunteers has increased from 33% to 37% in terms of participation rate over that period of time. The farmer's market is now year-round, which is an indicator of success. The town signed on to the Solar Hot Water Ready Homes Initiative by the province in 2012. And the new fire hall significantly exceeds the 2015 target of Interguide 80, so that's a, a, a big check mark for the town. Some areas where the, the sustainability plan notes that we need to improve, um, there has been a, a slight increase in water consumption per capita from 2011 to 2017, sorry, yeah, per capita and also per household. Um, it, sh it should be noted that the household size has decreased from 2.1 persons per household to 2.0 persons per household over that time. So the increase per household is more significant than the increase per capita. Also um, noted in this report is that the number of low-income residents has in increased from 7.4 to 7 or to 
The last thing I'd like to add on the sustainability action plan is that uh, a portion of the plan is dedicated to implementation items from the official community plan. So this should be considered to be an interim report. When the OCP is adopted, there's a whole new set of implementation items that now would need to be fed into the sustainability action plan. So, so that's why it's referred to as an interim report. As soon as the OCP is adopted, then those will be put into it, and then we can move forward into the next round of updates. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions to Mr. Sales about that? Thank you. Um, the next item is the, um, the first part of our public hearing tonight. That's the call that we've made your subject by line. I guess you have to excuse yourself. We don't always proceed the third reading right away, but it is standard practice for staff to write the written the agenda with that in mind. And in this case, because in my opinion there was no opposition to this uh, development as it is now stands, I'm prepared to ask for a motion to give a third reading. Councilor Horn, we have a second for that. Councilor Lundberg, discussion? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Thank you. Um, Councilor Skipsy, can you hear me? I'll excuse myself on the next one. Oh, sorry. Okay. The next one is for First Avenue Beach Road Development. This is for uh, changing some of the use of uh, the property for uh, rentals, and that's up for. Second reading, I have a motion to effect. Councilor Horner, Councilor Skipsy, discussion. Councilor Skipsy. Um, I just wanted to thank staff for providing the information on the incentives. Um, I think that was really helpful. I, I think that it's, it is a good tool, but um, where we are in this process right now, I think that there's a lot more thought and whatnot needs to be looked at, and it should be considered as one tool within all of the uh, different um, tools we could use to get to our objectives and goals for our housing strategy. So I think that I would you know, defer that to a, to a later discussion, um, not in this case. And I just had a question because the so original- are you, are you referring to the uh, revitalization tax exemption by yeah. 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 I think the idea was perhaps to do something for the rentals, but um, I think that this late in the game, I think uh, uh, there's a lot of thought that needs to go into that and how it would be used and, and whatnot. So I would prefer just to proceed with this one at this time and then look at that later when we're looking at housing overall. Uh, I just had one question about the landscape plan because originally there was going to be an attempt to save the Arbutus, I think at the bottom lower uh, corner of the property, but the plan that I saw on page 93, it didn't really reflect that. And uh, I know that we're already cutting down a lot of healthy trees and, and some really healthy arbutus trees. Um, so I'm just wondering where that's at and if there's any opportunity to save at least one tree on that property. Yes, certainly. So that, that's a good point. The, the issue here is that the landscape plan was directed before they made the commitment to save those trees. So we have a separate tree management plan that indicates that those trees will be retained. So so that hasn't changed as a part of this. Thank you. Any further discussion? 
This is for uh, second reading. Are you ready for the question? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. And then to hold a public hearing on May 28th uh, at the Town of Quality Town Hall at 7 o'clock. Councillor Skipsy, Councillor Horner, discussion? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Would you call Councillor Lutler? You may be able to hear me. Procedure by law for adoption. Motion in effect. Councillor Davis. Councillor Luckmeyer. Discussion. All favour. Opposed. Carried. Um, then the garbage boost recycling user fees. Um, could have a motion in effect. Councillor Luckmeyer. Councillor Horner. This is for um, adoption. Discussion. Councillor Skitchen. I would just like to ask for a recorded vote on this, and I will be voting against this motion and representing the 60% of people that didn't want our garbage services contracted out, rather than the 8% that did. Thank you. Any further discussion? A recorded vote is called for. All in favor? Councillor Horner, Councillor Butler, and Westbrook opposed. Councillor Davis, Councillor Skitsch. Thank you. Then the property uh, tax rates by law, also for adoption. Councilor McNair, and a second. Councilor Skipsey, discussion. All in favor? Opposed? Carried, thank you. And then the draft three protection by law. There's been a bit of a concern that um, what was discussed during the OCP discussion doesn't jive with this, and perhaps we should explain that situation. Councilor Sales. Yes, certainly. So I, I won't go into depth on the tree bylaw itself because the intent is that it be discussed and referred to a committee at all meeting. But it is important to note that the, the draft bylaw does affect public and private property. So the question is, why is that the case when council recently removed the, the private element to the tree bylaw? You know, as, as you'll see in the memo, this has been underway for quite some time. So it's dating back to October 5th, 2016 when when the Environment Committee first considered this, and, and then it's gone through Council in several iterations. So there's a long history, and up, up until recently, public and private property were, were both considered. So the bylaw was already in the drafting stage when Council made the motion related to the OCP. So this will, this will have to be discussed and, and uh, in more, much more detail at the next meeting, because it, this is one possibility, the way the bylaw is drafted, it affects public and private property, but if council doesn't want to see it, then there would have to be some significant changes. Thank you. Thank you. I think um, one of the options is to clarify the language of the OCP, where you remove the words both public and private, and then you can deal with any bylaw as you wish. That may be uh, the best clarification that we could come up with tonight. So if it, just for referral to the June 6th committee um, home meeting, we have a motion that is right. Councilor Davis, Councilor Horner, discussion, Councilor Excuse. I just wanted to note that I won't have returned from the FCM conference by then, so I won't be in attendance at that meeting. Okay, the conference is over on the 4th, I think. So, any further discussion on the referral? All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Thank you. 
then the community plan with a few updates. Um, and it could be given third reading, but as I said, that's always in the package. That's the way the agendas are written. Doesn't mean council has to give third reading. Based on the feedback we got, and one issue could be addressed about the tree bylaw, and maybe some other issues that we want to fix. So um, I think I always, and I've said this for I don't know how many times, why the numbering in the, in the bylaw isn't just from one to whatever page. I've asked that several times, every time. This is, I think, the fourth time I've gone with this review. Why can't we just number it from one to whatever number it ends? Because it is confusing. But maybe this time we can change that. I'll say it. Thank you, Mayor Westbrook. I think uh, it might be wise for us not to give a third reading tonight. I think we should defer this to the next council meeting. We've heard a lot of input tonight, and uh, not just council listening to it, but also staff. So there might be uh, amongst ourselves some, uh, some required changes. Um, I know I, I was talking to a group the other day, and they said, you know, um, the only thing we're sure of is death and taxes, you know, type of thing. So with the OCP, uh, you really have to rely on the people that you elect that become part of the OCP. And an OCP, too, in my mind, a good part of it uh, is flexible. We've shown that over this term. Uh, but the other thing, too, just from, from a comment here, uh, I've been around on the council for quite a while. And the one thing I'm proud of with our OCPs is that constant common thread of what we are and who we are. I think that's very important to the town. Thank you. So a motion to refer this to the um, May 28th council meeting would be appropriate. Councilor Horner, Councilor Skipsey, discussion. All in favor? Opposed? Carried. Thank you. Um, comments from the gallery? I, I know you've been here for a while making comments, but is there any additional comments? Not, you can't talk about the OCP anymore, okay? Because I said you can't have any further input. Is there anything else you want to raise? Thank you. The motion to go camera would be appropriate. And what we'll do is we'll go actually to the boardroom so we'll clear the desk and we'll set it there. Thank you. Motion to go in camera. Councillor Horner, Councillor Buckley, Councillor Taylor, opposed, carried. Thank you. Thank you and have a good trip home.